0: Hello and welcome to episode 10.2 of the Cleveland Review of Books podcast. I am Billy Lennon, your host, and on this episode I talk with our health and society editor, Dr. Anand Bhatt, about his essay for us, Love in the Time of Corona, which um, is subtitled The Neoliberals Do Not Know How to Deal with the COVID-19 Epidemic. Anand has a master's degree in public policy and health policy from the London School of Economics, and got his medical medical degree from the University of Texas branch of medical schools. Um, Without further ado, we will dive into this interview. Hope you enjoy it, and uh, subscribe to us on Spotify, review us on iTunes, give us five stars, please, you don't have to, but follow us on our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook accounts. Um, Yeah, and here's the interview. And again, thank you to Alive from Wilming Collective for the Beats. Okay, now here's the interview. All right, so I'm here with uh, one of my good buddies and health and society editor of the Cleveland Review of Books and actual doctor of internal medicine and sleep medicine, um, Dr. Anand Bhatt. Anand, how's it going? It's uh, great to be here, Billy. Where are you? Um, Springfield, Ohio, or Midland, Michigan? I am in Ann Arbor, Michigan, right You're now. In Ann Arbor, thank God, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Just real, trying to real, stay away from quick, the rona. Real quick, uh, are you? Uh, do you have thoughts on Midland, Michigan, or or um, or what's it called Springville, Ohio? Real quick.
1: Uh, a lot of people in Midland seem to work for Dow Chemical.
0: Yeah, and the biggest tennis facility in the in sorry, the Midwest is there.
1: Uh it seems like a rich town.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of fast food places.
1: More Mexican a lot of fast than casual.
0: It's like the capital like the olive garden capital of the world. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I I didn't try to count. I'm sure they're all closed.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> but if you if you um if you serve in the military you get free breadsticks for life.
1: At Olive Garden, yeah. You get free breasts no matter true.
0: what. Yeah, but it's good optics, you know.
1: <laughs> like, we got to keep the optics good.
0: Yeah, the optics have to be good. Yeah, yeah. The
1: optics need to be perfect, <laughs> like a, like a camera.
0: But we're not going to lose the profit. So yeah, and then Anan's S- On- been working in some very interesting places. Um, a lot of people who are writing about healthcare are not really in the trenches or they're, or who are able to write about it in a way that connects to like lay people um, who are in the trenches like Onan's really been able to do. So we've been happy to have him aboard as one of our most frequent contributors and he's active with the Doctors for Bernie movement. He's written before for us about um, the healthcare industrial complex. He's written about why our country is frozen in time um, he's written about a book review of Tim Faust's uh, health justice, Medicare for all health justice. Now um, we did a podcast on that. And most recently on wrote this piece for us called love in the time of Co- Corona, um, which was subtitled the establishment doesn't know how to deal with the pandemic or something like this. And you come at it from three different angles. Uh, health itself, like the healthcare system, politics and economics. So why did you write this article right now? What made you write it now instead of like an earlier time of the COVID-9 epidemic or like why now?
1: And why did you write it? Well, just before, like maybe two days before Bernie dropped out, I did a uh, webinar for uh, some Detroit uh, Medicare for All supporters in, in Michigan. And uh, we had uh, Dr. Dooley and some people from the Bernie campaign, and we were just talking about uh, reasons uh, Medicare for All is more important than ever. And so I had to kind of give some points. I had like five minutes or ten minutes. I didn't have much time, so I kind of wrote out some very simple things uh, of what's important that we, when we talk to people, why 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 this is still important, why it's even more important now than it was even months ago. So um, uh, my, my little title for the talk was Love in a Time of Corona. And I, it was like a joke and then the talk and the conversations I had kind of inspired me to finally write this after, you know, a few weeks of kicking it around in my head. After I gave that talk, I was kind of like, no, I should write this up into something.
0: Yeah, me, Anand and I like, we always talk to each other like, how, how pure is your hate? Um, but anyways, let's get into the essay itself.
1: We we should have reasons for our passion.
0: Yeah, and
1: be passionate about our reasons.
0: Absolutely. Some nice uh, get the get the different uh, yogas and you know connect them. You know, like yes. But let's get into the piece. Um, What's your starting point and premise?
1: So the starting point is um, first of all the absolute enormity of this problem, and I have fascinations with obviously healthcare politics, and economics. I uh, studied at the London School of Economics and Political Science in 2009, 2010. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't view these three realms as being separate. And There's a lot of people who are progressive or left, and they care a lot about certain issues. They don't really know any economics. And I think that's very dangerous. Uh, mm-hmm. You may love international health. You may love global health. You may love criminal justice reform. You may love any given topic under the sun. Those are all very important. I think we all need to be a little bit serious about our economics. Um, and so I think that's kind of kind of the intersection. It's, this is sort of an intersectoral or intersectional work. And I wanted to just say, like, look, let's look at this coronavirus crisis. It's not just a health crisis. It's going to be an economic crisis and it's going to be a political crisis. And I felt like I was up to the target of the task of just pointing out how big these crises are in all three categories.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's um let's start from the top. Um, COVID nine, COVID nineteen,
1: or COVID yes.
0: COVID nineteen and healthcare system.
1: So the first thing I, I wanted to point out about why this is such a huge crisis for the American healthcare system is. Our healthcare system, 90% of people, 99% of people have no idea. It's it's actually a, uh, it's sort of an antique from World War II. And that sort of uh, Fordist model of production where, you know, you had a lot of factories, people were in unions, people got a lot of benefits from their employer. They got health insurance, they got pensions. Uh, IBM used to give golf courses. Apparently Dow in Midland, Michigan gave uh, tennis courts, uh, you know, it was this model of the economy, and our healthcare system is sort of based on that. So I just went through the numbers, and I saw that 65% of Americans are on private insurance, and 34% are on public insurance. Um, however, you now people are going to lose their jobs. The majority of people on private insurance get it from their employer. So if they lose their job, it means they're going to lose their health insurance with it. So uh, then there's small businesses who buy their private health insurance because they're self-employed, they're gonna lose it. So sixty-five percent of people on private insurance, I think, are at risk with the coronavirus. And I don't think we've I don't think we've heard that number. How many people are on private insurance, how many people get insurance from their jobs, how many people are dependent on their spouse or parents for health insurance. So sixty five percent of people potentially buy unemployment could lose their health insurance. I don't know that anybody's discussing that.
0: Yeah, and a lot of small business people will cite the fact that between you know from the time someone will say that they'll pay for the health insurance until they get new jobs the people that they lay off but they all they express that but then they also express a limit to like how much uh, how much time like what kind of problems they can have solved by the healthcare system what illnesses what like what limit is there they always try to establish like a limit of what we should um, be you know tied down like to having to pay but given the fact that as as you've mentioned this piece that it's looking that a lot of people won't get another job what does that mean that what's going to happen with private insurance being tied to like small businesses for instance and paying for the health insurance when they're just not going to get another job like there's going to be some way that they say like oh we've done enough
1: and, yeah, I mean, there's just how much can you pay? I mean, yeah. are, they're going to have rent problems. And I don't think businesses uh, for not being able to pay for health insurance when all the work has gone away. Uh, you know, I pointed out that there's hundreds of thousands of empty hotel rooms in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And people uh, were talking just three months ago uh, in Nevada during the Democratic caucuses, they were saying, "Oh well, don't you know the hotel union has really great health insurance?" Well, I mean, how are those hotels going to pay for people's health insurance now? You're not going to have a job. Yeah, uh, so you can yeah. say
0: like it's it's like you know it's pretty harsh how the small business community might you know like view like what 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 line it is like to deserve health care, but it's also like they shouldn't be having to pay for that health care. Um,
1: right.
0: Yeah. Um, which kind of leads us to, I think, our next point, which is economics. Like, well,
1: yeah, economics, but I again? also put okay. into, you know, uh, you know, people are saying, well, we'll say, well, oh, you know, America is a capitalist country; we can't have this. And I said, you know, everybody, everybody's very Eurocentric, right? And they want to talk about England and Canada and and these other countries. But I I decided to change the topic: to South Korea and Taiwan. Mm-hmm. They have single payer health systems. Uh, Actually, Britain and France, they don't have single payer health insurance systems. It's only Canada, Singapore, uh, Taiwan, and maybe Australia. Mm -hmm. If you look at those countries, they have very low administration costs, and nobody's expecting Samsung to pay for everyone's health insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think think it's, uh, I wanted to sort of uh, shift that conversation away from Europe and towards Taiwan and Singapore, Mm -hmm. uh, Taiwan and South Korea.
0: And we'll get back to that, but you had like a Keynesian argument where, like, if you pump money into healthcare and it's run by like the government, you're going to stimulate the economy, you know?
1: Right. Well, in general, during a recession, healthcare, education, and business—sorry, uh, healthcare, education, and government spending should be stable, mm-hmm. okay? Or go up a little bit because welfare payments are going to go up, yeah, unemployment's yeah. going to go up. It should be at least stable. But the way it's going to go with cities and states are going to start going bankrupt the way things are going. Spending is going to go down. Nobody's in school anymore, so nobody's cleaning schools anymore. Nobody's working in the cafeteria anymore. Uh, Nobody's paying tuition, so education is going to go downhill. Then we have um, healthcare spending, which because it is tied to private health insurance, which is tied to your employer, that's going to go downhill. And there have been studies for a long time. You can go through the New England Journal and see that Growth of the economy does affect how much healthcare grows. Healthcare grows every year, Um, but it grows faster when the economy is growing. But what's going to happen here is we're going to lose our health insurance at a massive scale. If I, you know, twenty five percent of people come unemployed, potentially half, you know, around half the private health insurance market is going to disappear. elective surgeries have been canceled. That's a huge profit center, which keeps a lot of hospitals that would be bankrupt profitable. so it's going to blow a hole in healthcare. So the one part of the economy that should always kind of be stable, not go really up, not really go down, that's going to go down, and that's going to make the recession worse than worse than the typical one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's certain things that are uh, universal, you know, stability there. Like, I just, I totally agree with you about st- stability or even growth. And I'd say like the three things for me that I think about, um, besides like education and healthcare. Spending. Um, I'd say like public transit as well is another mm-hmm. one.
1: Oh, yeah. Nobody's paying for bus tickets anymore in New York. It's blowing a hole in there. Uh, I mean, I mean, the, the more people travel,
0: the more capital flows and capital functions by flowing, you know, like, um etc So, okay. But to go back to the piece, um, what was like the next point you'd like to go to? Because we kind of like merged together the politics and economics points. Well, the
1: other one is, like, are we really, like, ready for businesses to start failing, like, famous businesses? And since I wrote the article, Neiman Marcus went bankrupt. uh, I said Macy's and Sears.
0: And then in the journalism side, the outline just went down. A lot of, like, the magazines that, you know, people are getting paid thousands, like, a thousand dollars to do a piece. Like, it just isn't, from, like, a unique Brooklyn perspective, it's just not. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not tenable, you know?
1: That stuff's not going to survive. Yeah. And and I don't think we're ready to plant, I don't know, Sears, Macy's. And so Neiman Marcus is a big one. They went bankrupt. Anybody who was a little wobbly before is going to be big trouble now.
0: Yeah, Ford switched to just making ventilators recently, actually.
1: Really? Well, I hope they're not as bad as their cars. Well. <laughs> Or there, there was Whenever I'm
0: driving and I see a Ford Focus, I'm just like, "Oh yeah, back to the road." Like,
1: yeah. yeah. That's the one with the bad transmission, right? It was in the Detroit newspaper.
0: Yeah. No, I would love to fucking. I would love to see all of the like boardroom meetings to come up with like names for cars. That'd be really fun.
1: Make it foreign, but not too foreign.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Foreign, but not too foreign. Yeah, Nissan Altima, like yeah, I don't know. And then, anyways, um, let's take it's like the the last bit of the essay that was. What was that title?
1: Sorry. Uh, I think we just went into politics was the final one. Oh well, there was monetary policy and how, you know, we need to talk talk think about maybe the Federal Reserve should start just giving us money, Helicopter money. I don't so know if you're going to try it. Now's the time to try
0: it. The so Yang was right, kind of.
1: Yang was right. But he was, I think, talking about appropriating money through taxes and uh, Congress. But meanwhile, while nobody's looking, the Federal Reserve is just handing out cash to people, buying their, I don't know, stamp collections of businesses and and giving money that way. So I'm just you're, you're wondering saying like,
0: you know, the, the Federal Reserve in two thousand eight was printing out money and bailing out these big corporations.
1: Yeah, not just uh, banks. I, it I used probably, to just be banks.
0: Yeah, and like to, to like, keep them solvent solvent yeah but you could just do the same thing with like the people yeah
1: yeah why not i mean if you're gonna try it now's the time to try it
0: yeah i mean like the nation, is the people yeah i i was i was like going through this um i've been going through like a lot of my old writings i wrote something about like democracies and institutions and like about how strong civil societies can be good or bad in a democracy but what we need is like strong elites or whatever who like can guide the masses and it's like damn like i really believe that in 2013 and now it's just like holy shit like they really want us they really want people to just fucking
1: die like oh it's very odd especially in the south which is the most brutal part of the country um which i'm from um i can see the callousness of you know some of those uh states just reopening. They're not tested. They don't care. They don't, they, it's not like they don't have the data like the governor of Georgia. His office is like five, five miles away from the CDC. You know, the, the, This is an amazing stat. The CDC in the United States has a bigger budget than the entire WHO. Oh my God. Yeah, that's, that's the whole world. CDC is just What's for America. CDC stand for again, though? Centers for Disease Control, and then they added prevention a few yeah. years ago.
0: Yeah, I think we should overthrow the government with the Federal Reserve's money. No, oh,
1: overfill my bank account with the,
0: with the I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. Overfill my bank account. Let me, let me pimp out this uh, Springfield castle of mine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's get some helicopter money, man. Let's let's do some unconventional stuff. Let's get some
0: care packages, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I I agree with you. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean. I just, I remember Yang and I know it was like a different approach. It wasn't monetary policy. It was by like taxing Amazon and stuff that people would get the money. But the whole idea of, you know, when you, it's not just the thousand dollars. It's just like when your economic situation is less precarious, you'll be willing to spend more and that's just good for the economy. Spend more and plan more. Yeah. And yeah. And I also remember his point about like, you know, again, like capitalism and socialism, like they are different things, but like, in the same way that, like, I, he, he was talking about, like, kind of, like, a like a healthy capitalism or something that prioritized, like, the good or, like, well-being, like, mental people health.
1: People first. Yeah, yeah. That was his pl- – wasn't that his title, people first? Or humanity first?
0: I mean, it's not a bad sentiment. sentiment. Um, like, I don't think people are, like – I feel like people – I don't know. The thing that scares – like people on the right about socialism is that like, if you're great, you can't like, like no one can like distinguish their themselves and like be like an individual under it or something like that. And like have that reflected by their bank account or something. But I mean, well, right now I'm something like it. this is so like you, 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 you individuate yourself, not through, you know, having more money than the next guy or whatever, or more social capital than the next guy. You individuate yourself in creative ways, which you should be able to do if you're not economic, economically precarious and you are not afraid of like losing your health care or some shit, just take care of this basic stuff. Then everyone can start making society flourish because people are staying in like going hundred percent in their lanes instead of trying to do one of four things that everyone
1: else is forced to do. I don't know. Well, un- well I mean, well. well, right now I picked up a book a few years ago, uh, but I finally decided to read it about Finland. Um, Oh, I was supposed okay. to, yeah, it's called. Uh, hold on, it's called the Nordic Theory of Everything: In Search of a Better Life. Um, some Finnish uh, journalist who moved to New York, married a guy from New York. But interestingly, uh, a few months ago there was an article about from her in the New York Times, and she moved back to Finland once she had kids <laughs> because it was just impossible. It was too much. It's too stressful to have kids here, and and so she's talking about. Indiv- I, I've only gone through it a little bit, but. You're not really, she's like, you're more of an individual in Finland because you don't have to depend on your parents for college tuition. You don't have to depend on your parents to get a good education because public school is good, colleges are really? free, and you can be more of a person. Whereas and here, you're less yeah. of a
0: stigma on your occupation defining you, you know? Right. Like when I was in London, I was meeting these people from like Switzerland, and they were so chill, and they were like, yeah, like I'm in school to be like a line cook, you know? But I also like, have a life and it's like yeah sick like that's that's good like
1: just yeah so she she basically explains i mean she mentions a few times how pre-modern the u.s is because she's like you depend on your spouse she's like watching sex in the city from finland and she's like oh it's you got to catch the right guy and then she moves to america and she was like oh yeah if you don't catch the right guy your ass is broke yeah (laughs) and she didn't understand that aspect living in finland
0: Uh, the point is, yeah, yeah, like the sex in the city thing. If you don't get to the right man, you're you're screwed. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. um, so how do you end peace
1: on end? So, I ended just talking about the political situation, which is you know, people who support Medicare for all or supported, you know Bernie Sanders. It's the most dire we've been in five years, which is, you know, we really had this rising tide, this movement going, and then you know this uh, you know very uh, 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 old school reactionary. A neoliberal guy who did mass incarceration, Joe Biden, is now the nominee. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, skating on uh, free press and the media. They're just covering for him. They're not saying the obvious things. But he's not also not a savvy politician in the sense He's not adjusting to the situation. He could easily say, hey, the situation is way worse than I expected. I support Medicare for all now or Medicare for all who just lost their jobs. Something. No adjustment at all. And that, I think that's very dire. And wh- whoever he chooses for VP, which it's rumored to be Klobuchar, um, it's going to be, she's not going to move either. So oh, I think, God. and then the I- interesting thing I'm seeing, the interesting thing I'm seeing is on the right with some of the younger conservatives like Rubio and Holly, Rubio yeah. in Florida, and, and Holly who was elected while I was in Kansas City. I used to see his TV ads all the time against McCaskill. Um, he apparently is in this weird you know, if you watch The Hill on YouTube, The Rising, he's with that sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. new conservative and Jackie sort of group of people. Yeah, that one guy, like, I know what you're
0: talking about.
1: Yeah, they they want to do some sort of, like, pro-family conservatism, but that also requires economic stimulus. Yeah, even yeah. Tucker Carlson talked about that. Yeah, so he's doing, like, Denmark-style, he's proposing a Denmark-style salary guarantee. And I'm like, well, if the right moves on it, that's going to be weird if... Economically, that the non baby boomer conservatives, um, what if they move to the left on economics and and actually support families, not rhetoric, rhetorically, but with actual money? Um, that would be a huge change uh, in American politics, and I think we need to keep an eye on it. It's very early right now, but this would not have happened say two years ago.
0: No, definitely not, and hopefully that doesn't lead to like a a, a nativism, like you say. Um, but I mean. I mean, just from reading about Steve Bannon and stuff, it heavily involves nativism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, some sort of nativist
1: welfare state.
0: Yeah, and like even the welfare states that we valorize, like Sweden and Nor—I mean, I don't know what the situation in Norway is, but the Scandinavian countries—they're also there's also like nativism there, and mm-hmm. they get flack because they've just always been this way. Um, so it's not like you know Sweden as a model can like escape scot-free. There are just so many, so many factors here. Like the fact that like the global South has always been a tap for resources and then like thrown to the side and we create the situations in which that lead to refugees having to move. And then Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's just, Oh my God. But I guess people are saying that like, you know, the earth is a lot like prettier right now. The environment's healthier. It's like, (laughs) <laughs> okay don't get lulled into that trap though don't get lulled into that trap um,
1: so yeah. yeah I think everybody needs to demand Medicare for all and helicopter money that's my two cents
0: that's your two cents and we do that with uh, um, great uh, driving by your state great- capital and Lansing yeah. and honking
1: at people. <laughs> no, no. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> what? Drive by the capital of Lansing and just start honking at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But great Don't
1: block ERs
0: <laughs>
1: and ambulances.
0: Yeah, yeah. But on un- in great vengeance and furious anger at those who would try to destroy my brother. Yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, you say we should uh, give him hell at the end. Yes. Yes. Tribute to Molly Ivins. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. I don't know who that is. Who is that?
1: Oh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> any,
0: th- any other thoughts on it? Any plugs or any other thoughts in the article? I think we've covered it pretty well.
1: No, you can, check is-
0: out, uh, you can check out the reading of the article on episode 10.1, which came out um, today, which is Monday. Um, so if you're listening on a different day, that came out 4.27 um, Monday. <laughs> what is to be done? We have two years to think about it. Yep. All right, Anand. I say that's a good place to stop. Um, right, then. Thank you, Anand, Dr. Anand Bhatt for coming on the CRB podcast. I But he is part of CRB, so thank you for hopping on. And uh, have a good rest of your day, and stay safe in those hospitals, my friend. All right, then. Thank you. Yep. See you, brother. Bye. Bye. Hey.